adesso parte il tiro, rete, 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 un gol straordinario! E adesso che farò? Non so che dire, che ho freddo come quando stavo, sono... ho sempre scritto i versi con la penna, con ordini precisi di lavoro, sempre inviato i porci e i ruffiani e quelli che rubavano un salario falsi che si fanno una carriera con certe prestazioni fuori orario canterone mie Welcome to Rate This Way, a catch podcast that brings you the latest and greatest news in the world of Serie A and European soccer. My name is Michael D'Angelo, and with us, as always, we have Paolo Nobiloni Mangoni. Welcome back, everyone. We've got a Mr. Chris Pacelli. Hello, everybody. We've got a Julian G. Jude Angelo. How's everybody doing tonight? How's everybody doing tonight? What, what's, uh, what's, the, what's the good word? Uh, satisfactory, I guess. Satisfactory? What, what yeah. is you're doing satisfactory? Satisfactory, yeah. Satisfaction? Not, not good get, nor bad. No. Okay, okay. You're just like meh. Meh, yeah, exactly. Meh. Shmeh. Interesting. Interesting. Why? Well, we'll get into that later. Uh huh. Oh, okay. Milan we also one, have our friend. Why. Yeah, yeah. Is that, is that why? <laughs> what, the Milan one? Milan one. Yeah. That's why you're, yeah. Again, we'll get a, we'll get into that all later. I mean, if you if you want to do the arts and culture segment now, we can get into that first. Well, we can. So let, why don't we get into the other friend we have on the show here is uh, Pierre Angelo Bertoli. Amuzaduro. Amuzaduro. Duro. Why uh, why did you pick that? Well, we'll get into I mean, it later on. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah the, Paul, the, the, Paulo went to elementary school with him. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well. Regardless of um, uh, the the muso, you know, uh, element, very uh, obvious, yeah, the very muso obvious element, muso element. But I I really like the song. Uh, uh, the lyrics are very poignant, and um, you know, for those who, who truly understand Italian, uh, can get a good sense of of what the song is about and how I guess yeah. uh, deep uh, the lyrics are. Well, now that I'm back, I guess we can have that arts and culture conversation because last week I'm not sure we extended much. In, we we didn't dive into it. No, um, I mean I tried to, but it's not the same. Yeah, uh, yeah. You don't have my stupidity to yeah. uh, anchor <laughs> the conversation. <laughs> um, but I just want to note how boring that music was. It, <laughs> <laughs> Told you. He just. He's just talking. Yeah, I mean, who who else does that? Um, English wise, uh, there, there's I don't know, like not Johnny Cash really, but like, um, it, it can't comes to mind. But like uh, in Italian, like there's no there's no equal. 
There's no, no there's, there's no there's no equal, but like in Italian, also Reno Gattano was one that doesn't really sing. He more like talks. Yeah, um, I, I rhythm to the music. I don't disagree with that. That's kind of like dumb. I don't know, man. I I, I don't know that that's. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to. I mean, it's not really. I don't like, dig my hole too deep. This here, song, but... the song, isn't really about singing. It's about the lyrics per se. Okay. That's, so it's a poem. Like, that's yeah, your, exactly. That's your backup for every boring song you say. Yeah, it's it, yeah. To the lyrics. <laughs> yeah, but that, that, that's that's half the song is the lyrics. Yeah. Without good lyrics, it's not really a good song. It's it it, it has good music, but it, the song it's right. not there. One could compare it to uh, Firework by Katy Perry. <laughs> or, wait, what's the other song, Mr. Brightside? By the Killers? By the Killers, yeah. That, those lyrics That's a good are song. fucking terrible. Song's good, though. Yeah, because the music's good. But, like, <laughs> the, the lyrics are god-awful. Listen, man. I don't know if this is the this is the conversation that people want to listen to, but that's what they're getting. Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Everyone, go listen to uh, Pierangelo Bertoli's entire uh, discography, and then listen to the Killers' entire discography, and you tell me which one's better. Okay, obviously we'll there's a, a recency bias. We'll have a live. We'll have a vote on Twitter. We'll have a poll. <laughs> <laughs> we'll confuse everyone who's followed us for free merch. They'll say, "What is? What are these people talking?" about? Maybe they think that we're, we'll get them killers tickets or something. <laughs> I remember uh, the side note before we move on. I, figured, um, I won uh, tickets to Green Day, and I managed to sell them to Green Day. For, yeah, Green Day, or is it Nickelback? I can't remember. <laughs> I think it was could have been Nickelback. Oh, it was even worse. Anyway, like put it that way, I made money off of a terrible band. So I don't know if these are like Green Day. I guess has like fallen off in the sense that nobody really cares as much. But they're not bad. They weren't bad back in the day. I feel like were they? No, I think I, I, I think I think Nickelback has always had a lot of haters. Which yeah, I mean, I think the only song. From Green Day was American Idiot. Other than that, I can't think of anyone else. Maybe, and, and maybe you, one more. And you just like how political that song was. Fox. You follow American politics, so that's why. Oh, yeah, but there was another song too. Wasn't it "Wake Me Up When September Ends"? I think you're thinking of "Wake Me Up Before You Go Go." <laughs> also a good song. All right, I think we let's uh, move on. Our, <laughs> let's move on. Music conversation right now. <laughs> We've lost all credibility on our that's arts and culture. That's how we start every episode from now on. Um, okay, so uh, why don't we start with what should we start with? I guess let's start with the city uh, recap. So we obviously had uh, match day three. Yes, match day three. So we'll, we'll go through match day three. Um, We'll take a break, and then after the break, maybe we'll get to just the last remaining rumors. Because what we have, this is the last week, I guess. Yeah. Technically, because uh, midweek it'll uh, it'll close. That's right. So Thursday, so I midnight, think? midnight at the September first. Right. So Thursday morning Italian time. Okay. So that that's when we'll be out of 
transfers. Trans- that's right. So let's uh, we'll, we'll get the last may- ones out of the maybe bag. Maybe we'll here. do like a, a recap, you know, like the, the best. Perhaps uh, a recap, or perhaps just an up to date of like any of the big ones, because again, I'm sure people will be aware since we were already three weeks into the City season, and yeah. most of those players have already played. So yeah, we'll see that. We'll, we'll do something obviously next week just to kind of review. Um, and then of course we have City B, and we'll preview just what's to come because we obviously have a big week that's upcoming. Um, two match this, days, yeah, two match days, right? So, so we'll preview those as well while we uh, finish out the show. Um, but uh, I guess we'll start. Uh, we'll start at the start then, which of course is, uh, I believe, it's Friday. They had matches. Yep. So we had Monza, who were host Udinese, and uh, Udinese actually come out two one winners, even though Monza get the first goal from uh, Kulpani. And then uh, Beto ties in 36 before Udogi uh, gets the winner for Udinese. Uh, Paulo, I'm going to move on really quickly. If you really have something to say, you just butt I, in and say it. I, I do. Uh, so Berlusconi was critical of the referee. I think it was uh, he made a joke, one of those like uh, those quirks, they're like a chirp. Uh, the referee was, uh, was, I think it was Marco De Bello, uh, and said that the referee should be called oh, yeah. Di, Di Bruto. That's right. Yes. yes yeah, Di Bruto. I, I don't think he was joking. <laughs> no, no, he was not joking. No. Does he, Chris because he actually thinks he's ugly, or because he was very pissed off? I think both. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe we 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 are talking about the king of the bunga bunga part. <laughs> yeah. Um. So we'll move on to the mo- most important match of this match day, and it it was both. Um. You know, there was a lot of pressure for this game, uh, because, you know. There, there's just so uh, there's one team that is like a favorite this season, I think, and there's another team who you know typically doesn't really have that kind of uh, you know, I guess pressure on them as well. Uh, but you know, who's to say who comes out of that pressure cooker uh, victorious? Um, of course, we're talking about uh, Lazio host to uh, to to those uh, low life's Inter Milan. So, Julian, what happened to that game? You mean the inter team that spent a total of zero dollars on the transfer window? Yes, <laughs> correct. Yes, precisely. Um, all I'm going to say is thank God it's not Friday night because I was much more pissed off Friday night. <laughs> um, so, lots to open the scoring. Well, first of all, Inzaghi decided decided to start Galliardini to take uh, Sergei Milinkovic Savic out of the game. I don't. I don't know. That's all I'm going to say is I don't know. Like, I know Conte used to do the same thing, and maybe it worked once two or three years ago. Right. Um, but, like, the guy's slow. He can't pass a ball. He can't shoot a ball. Like, there's literally – there's no pros to having him play. Might He's I propose, a Serie B level player. Might I propose that the true uh, goal was for Galliard Dini to literally take him out of the game and, like, break his ankle or something, and he didn't do it. <laughs> maybe. Maybe that's <laughs> – um, so Lazio opened the scoring in the first half. Um, the whole inter team fell asleep. I don't know what happened. Like it was a long ball over the top from SMS to Felipe Anderson, but Malinko um, Savage got the ball in the middle of the park. Nobody pressured him. None of the strikers, none of the midfielders. He literally had all day to stop and look up. Uh, Felipe Anderson made a great run, which Bastoni and Demarco didn't move. Neither of them picked him up. Nobody moved. And Danovic didn't call out to one of them either, saying hey, this guy's running. Um, and then after the game, actually, Felipe Anderson said he 
had all the time in the world to place his header because he knew Hand Animus was running out. <laughs> Shots so fired. that was yeah, that was one nil. Um, Inter actually tied it up at one shortly in the second half. Uh, they got a free kick, kind of a bit of a cluster in the box. Dumfries gets up well to head it back towards goal, and Lataro gets in to get a toe on it to make it 1-1. From that point, for the next, like, five, ten minutes, Inter actually were the much better team and kind of dominated. Um, should have gone up, actually, 2-1. to one. DeMarco hit Dumfries wide open on a back post cross, uh, but Provadel made a nice save. From that point, Sari realized he was kind of losing it, so he decides to sub in Pedro and Luis Alberto. And Inzaghi decides to sub out Dumfries and Lukaku, and that was game over at that point. Um, <laughs> Luis Alberto scores a rocket of a goal. Uh, not our goal of the week because it took a deflection off of Barella to go into the opposite corner. Um, that goes up 2-1, to one, and then... Um, Pedro scores to put them up 3-1. to one. Darmian also took out Immobile literally a second before then, so if he didn't score, it would have been a PK anyways. Um, then in the 80th minute, Inzaghi finally decides to take Gagliardini off to throw on Chalinoglu, but by this point, the game's already lost. So, to me, like 70% of this game, the blame goes on Inzaghi. Starting Gagliardini is just... No, the guy's not even a Serie B-level quality player. He should not play at all. Not only because he's slow as a turtle and couldn't keep up with SMS, he literally could not pass the ball. So I saw a lot of papers had Brozovic as the worst player on the field for Inter. But when one of his midfield partners can't pass the ball, he's not going to look his way when he has the ball. So you're shutting out half of the field at that point because he's not going to pass the ball to Gagliardini. My opinion. Right. Um, but yeah, and then the Handanovich thing, the Felipe Anderson comment was hilarious, especially when we have a capable goalie sitting on the bench who we signed on a free transfer who has been to a Champions League fi- or semifinal, excuse me, but we'll see when Onana will get his first start. Hopefully it's Tuesday against Camonese, but um, newspapers were kind of torn on that. Okay. So typically... I would uh, defer to Paulo at this point, um, but I just want to give uh, I want to give Chris the opportunity if he would like to put in a laugh quickly before we move to Paulo. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, Julian, I think hit on everything pretty well. I, I I can see why people will point the finger at Gagliardini, uh, but I over the course of the game did keep saying to myself how. Um, I was surprised at how little Brozovic was able to impact the game. I think anytime, you know, you rely on a player, you know, i.e. Brozovic on your build-up play and, you know, kind of to play out of pressure when he's not having a good game, then, you know, Inzaghi needs to find, you know, a plan B for, you know, when those games happen. Because there, there are going to be other games this year where, you know, teams mark Brozovic out of the game or he's just not having a good game. So, uh, I, again, I'm curious to see how Inzaghi can kind of game plan around that but uh no everything else uh julian said was spot on fair enough paul um julian you shared a stat what was it like 70 percent or like uh the something about uh sergey milinkov savage having um like a hot like a 70 percent like not completion rate but like uh was able yeah, to cover exactly what it was yeah, and 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 you made a comment that, as you said earlier, 
Like Gall- Gallardine was meant to shut out Malinkovic Savage out of the game. The guy picked up an assist uh, on the first goal and uh, essentially dominated the game because Inter were playing, as you said, Julian, a man short in midfield for the for for eighty minutes. Um, I just want to reinforce uh, what Julian said about substitutions. Uh, Sari puts on uh, Pedro and Luis Alberto, and uh, Nzagi puts on was it? Uh, well, Chalanog was a bit later, but it was yeah, it was Jekko, Jekko and Darwin. Yeah. yeah, so compare the level of substitutions. And, uh, Pedro and Luis Alberto are normally starters on Lazio, and the players that Inter put on are deservedly bench players at this point. Uh, so again, I think the I think Inzaghi was out coached in this game, and I think I want to point I go back to what uh, Michael you were in, you were in here last week, but maybe the other two remembered that uh, I pointed out that it, this game was going to be whether Lazio have improved as a team, and and Sari has gotten Sari's uh, style of play was transmitted to his players, or if Inter can. Uh, you know, can 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 prove that the two first games were just kind of, uh, or the Lecce game was just a uh, rough patch, a blip, yeah. a blip and that we, uh, you know, that 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 Spezia game was a bit what the Inter of this season should be like, and we proved that uh, this game proved that you know Lazio are the ones that uh, are getting better. Again, it's only three games in, but if we're focusing on this one game, then. Uh, definitely Lazio uh, obviously got the better of them. Right. Yeah, and I do want to just add to that. I think you're 100% right. I feel like a lot of people were saying how bad Inter was, but not that many people were saying how good Lazio played. Um, they were they had full-on sorry ball going. Like, they were passing through the midfield like nothing. Right. Well, I mean, it helps when you have one less player in midfield, so. <laughs> Fair point. Michael? Yeah, I, I didn't watch the game, so I don't want to say one way or the other, but it, is this something that, you know, it, is Lazio, is the quality the Lazio showed, if Julian, if that's, if that's correct, is that, like we'll talk about later on perhaps with some other teams, but is that more of a Inter not playing well or is it the other way? You know what I mean? I think is it's it, is it a little quality? bit of both. Because yeah. so one of the things that Zaggy actually said, and I know a lot of Inter fans didn't actually like this comment, because um, everybody was critical of his subs, but he said if Dumfries scores that goal, then it's a completely different game. And right. I mean he's not wrong. But it's just it's more of a defensive approach. Um but I mean Inter had their chances and that's when he should have made his more attacking subs to keep the pressure on. Yeah. Instead, he opted to go more defensive subs, kind of saying, okay, we're fine to play for the 1-1. But it obviously didn't work. Yeah. And I guess we'll see, too, beyond this game and, and kind of how Lazio continued to perform to see if, you know, really it is, if they are for real. You know, if, if what happens is the same thing that's been happening in the last couple of seasons where they kind of fall off and they don't really maintain that, you know, that, that hunger or that ability... Um, we'll see if that, you know, if this team is for real to kind of contend. But otherwise, maybe it's just maybe maybe it was just a good run of form, if that makes sense. 
eh, we'll see. I want to give them credit when, you know, when it's due, but for sure willing, I'm willing to keep an eye on them to, you know, have that as a possibility. <laughs> uh, okay. Let's move on to Saturday's games. Uh, so we started with Cremonese host to Torino uh, and Torino actually come out two one victors in this game. Uh, Vlasic in the 17th scores, uh, Radonic in the 65th, uh, makes it two nothing before, um, Ser Nicola in the 80th for Cremonese makes it 2-1, but that's how the game land. Uh, next up, we had Juventus host to Roma. Paulo, what, uh, what do we have going on in this game? Well, I mean, let's get uh, our goal, out of the, goal of the week out of the way, Michael. Yeah, so it starts off very strongly for, uh, for Juventus with uh, Vlaovic and the goal of the week. So let me cue that up here. Michel Vlaovic. It's a fabulous goal! Less than two minutes on the clock. And Dusan Vlahovic has scored a partner. Stunning from the Serbian. Juventus leads. So very nice goal to open up. Again, like they said, uh, less than two minutes in. They get a free kick. Um on the right side and just outside the box. And uh, yeah, Flavich kind of steps up. He obviously hits with his left and it uh, hits the uh, crossbar about on the right um, and uh, just bangs down and in. And it was, uh, yeah, our goal of the week. So that was, as the commentator said, two minutes in and uh, essentially his first touch of the game as well. So uh, because of that, uh, Roma were put on the back foot. Uh, they were struggling to stay into the game, stay in, stay in the game as well. And there's a lot of talk of Juventus' dominance. Um, again, this is what bothers me. They had <laughs> three shots on target for the entire game, and maybe what fifty-five percent possession of uh, for the whole game and yet they dominated the first half this was this dominance was uh we touched on in the in the last year injury game was because one team was bad not because the other team were actually playing well you know right and, uh, and that's that's highlighted because at halftime as well what did uh Mourinho say paul Oh yeah, so uh, he told his team that he was ashamed to be their manager. <laughs> <laughs> and then they go out and they and they perform better. Yeah, and they, and they perform well. That's because uh, Marino made a couple of subs at halftime. He took off right. uh, Spinazzola, who did have a pretty bad game uh, for Zaleski, and he also took off uh, someone else. But I know uh, it was. Um, I know he eventually took off Karsdorp as well. Yeah, front uh, uh, Selic. Yeah, so uh, Mancini came off as well for Al Sharawi. Yeah, yeah. So you put on another attacking player. Uh, so again, Mourinho went for it. Uh, they got their goal in the 67th minute. Uh, it was a corner that ended up to Dybala at the uh, on the goal line, and he played it across for uh, for Abraham, who just essentially headed it in front of the net. So that was the one-one goal. Uh, so, but again, going back to the dominance, as soon as Mourinho changed the shape, uh, Juventus just crumbled because they had they have no way of 
penetrating the opponent's box. It's the same uh, story that I've been trying to point out in the first two games. There was yeah. no through balls into the box. Uh, they had 14 shots towards net. 30% of them came from inside the box. 30%, Michael. Yeah, so, so I'm not going to disagree with you on this sense, but I will say that for whatever people are talking about their event as dominance, et cetera, I think what they're really seeing is a improved, actually, like, I guess, play from the team because it's it's different. You can tell that what the UBA that showed up this game is different than the first two games, for, for sure. They actually were able to pass the ball, and that's a stark change from what we've seen this season. Now, yeah, but are, now the is that, where, though? Yeah, now is the finishing there? No, but they were actually making they were, they were building play, which we haven't seen from this team against a, you know, I'm not going to say the strongest side, but a strong side in Roma. We haven't seen that type of aggressive and, and building of play from Juve in I'd say a couple of years, honestly. I mean, there, there was definitely some times you know, okay. in past seasons, but this is that's the type of Juve from the past that I think they want to get to. I'm, I'm not, I'm not discounting what you're saying, but Roma allowed them to play that game by putting Cristante and Matic in the middle right. as a double pivot. I mean, by by putting those two players on the field at the same time, you essentially concede the game to your opponent and allow them to, again, dictate play. But again, right. that dictation of play produced nothing other than a goal from outside the box on a free kick. Fair. Uh, now, just to... I just think... I just think yeah, go ahead. Just to, just to note, I think for the way that you approach these games, I think you, are, you come at it very negatively and you always want to criticize this team. And I don't <laughs> think that's necessary. I think they are at least showing a little bit more positive uh, structure, which we haven't seen before. And I think you need to note that before you also say, oh, this is still a garbage team. Because I think, again, you can really, you tend to be very negative when you don't need to be. Listen, I'll be a bit more positive when uh, Di Maria, Pogba, and Rabio <laughs> uh, is out of the lineup. What, Pogba and no, Di Maria? No, I'm just saying Di Maria are back into the lineup. Okay. Uh, and Pugba, excuse me, and Rabio is out of the lineup as well. Okay. And also Alexandro <laughs> and Bernucci. And Danilo. And, yes, yeah. And, <laughs> and, 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 no, I, I, and, I don't know. is not, Danilo is serviceable. Again, I agree. Don't get, I agree. He's serviceable. I don't want to get into to the specifics because we got to move on because I want to get on to uh, the incidents, <laughs> the what, what the Italians called Moviola. Um, so it was the handball on the second goal. So uh, Juventus scored a second before half, which is, again, pers- why you could say that they dominated because they scored a goal that was a called back. Uh, again, from outside the box again, Michael, because, again, they haven't been able to penetrate, uh, yeah. penetrate the box. Right. Uh, so, again, uh, Vlaovic beat out Cristante uh, and passed it wide to Quadrado, who passed it back to Locatelli, who scored a nice shot. Uh, but again, it was called back because when Vlaovic broke forward, uh, Vlaovic had his uh, his arm um, out, up. yeah, up, and kind of like used it to push the ball forward in a sense. In a sense, his arm was an extension of his body, which is why it was called back. So again, uh, that was the right call. It was uh, the right call, the yeah. 
Um, there was two incidents. Uh, Chris, I think you'll probably like lose your shit on one of them. Um, <laughs> it was uh, one where Smalling slid to close down the shot or a pass. Uh, it hit off Smalling's calf and then hit off Cristante's boot, not Smalling's hand. So again, the right call there. Uh, and then the there's another one where uh, the ball was crossed and then it touched Smalling's hand and then hit off and then Smalling cleared it away. But the reason why that wasn't called a penalty, again, uh, I thought it was the right call because they were talking about not calling Rigorini or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was because Smalling did not move his hand to punch the ball, uh, did not extend his hand to block it. It was he was trying to head the ball regardless. You see, you uh, you see that his head was you know being lined up to to head the ball away, and the ball his his um his hand did not. They extend out. Or, it was almost. Yeah. It, was, it was held in, and and it wasn't like it wasn't his leading point of jumping up and trying to deflect the ball. Exactly. That's, that's kind of what. Yeah, what went into that. And 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 Chris might say because I'm a Juventus fan, I'll be calling for those two uh, those two incidents to be penalties. Chris, is that true? Would you do that? <laughs> the script would be very different if no. That's that's all. Agreed. I, I agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with that sentiment. Um, okay. I just, uh, and then uh, one yeah, more okay. point. Um, yeah. so on, on Roma's side, we're talking about subs here as well. Uh, talked about subs. I, uh, Mourinho took off the ball for, for Kumbula at one, one when Juventus were on the ropes. Yeah. He just wanted to park the bus. Yeah. But he, he has too much honestly, respect for the manager Allegri on the other end. Still, but like they, they could have put Juventus, they could have won that game if they kept their foot on the gas pedal, I think Juventus would have broken. They would have conceded a second goal if Marina decided to, to go for it. Um, but at the same time, if they went for it, maybe Juve could have went the other way and actually yeah, got another goal, right? This, again, this is true. But the way the way the game was going, mm-hmm. uh, you had the feeling that Juventus were going to lose it. Uh, yeah. And then, then Michael, as you pointed out, uh, both managers have respect for each other, and there was a good picture of... Uh, Marino, an embrace at the end of the game. Embrace, yeah, exactly. Embrace at the end of the game. Okay, fair. Um, the only note I want to add to this is uh, perhaps the the proper definition of this game is a corto muso duro. That's that's what happened. That's what we what we witnessed. Yes, like, like uh, Pierangelo Bertoli would tell us. Exactly. There you um, go. Yeah, it it was a circle. It was a full circle. It was it was a tough game. It was a. a a lot of running and just yeah. a lot of defending. So, I from, yeah, from two managers who don't give up that easily. Fair enough. Okay, let's uh, let's move on here. Unless anyone else has anything else to add, there. No. Okay. Fair. Let's uh, we'll go to uh, Milan host to Bologna. Um, Chris, do you want to quickly jump through this? Do we want to? Uh, I can. I can just touch on it quickly. Um... Rumors before the game that Pioli was going to try out a new formation, maybe a 4-3-1-2. Uh, didn't happen. Stuck, stuck with the usual 4-2-3-1. Uh, and there were goals from Leao in the first half and Giroud in the second half. Uh, uh, Charles de Quetelare, uh started. Uh, he played about 60 minutes, looked good. Uh, and then Adley also came on uh, in the second half. Um, had a good little cameo. So 
Uh, no, I'll, I can kind of leave it at that. And uh, again, as usual, Milan won, which means a couple thoughts about why they deserved to to lose. So I'll leave it to Paul. Let's wrap it up. Yeah, Paulo, do do you have any notes on why they deserve uh, I do, to lose? I do actually. Yes. Uh, well, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> yes. if, uh, I don't know if they deserve to lose, uh, but they certainly uh, didn't deserve to win. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, uh, so I don't know. The the first goal, I thought Skorupski played that horribly wrong. I don't know if um, uh, Leao has developed a way to kind of fake out goalkeepers from going from uh, from picking the wrong side, uh, but. Uh, Seem because he did that to Terra Channel last season as well, mm-hmm. so maybe he's developed a system uh, to do that because uh, Skorupski kind of went down too easily and and uh, seems like it went through his legs as he went down. But uh, I guess I mean that's why he's going to go to the Premier League eventually. So uh, layout that is, and uh, so moving on to that uh, to another Moviola incident. Uh, <laughs> There is it was either I can't tell because those jerseys were awful. Uh you can't even read the number. I don't know why they put like they picked dark green for a jersey that is green. Anyway. Uh, so it's either what? No, I was saying continue. Move yeah. past the jersey. Yeah, I I know, but I, I, that's another point I wanted to touch on. Uh but it was they're either Kalulu. Yeah, they're that they're ugly. It was either Kalulu and Tamori, I can't tell because of the jerseys. Uh, took out Sansone uh, in a very similar way what Sopi did to Calabria. Uh, uh, Sansone was trying to play the pass across. He had to rush the pass because he was going to get hit by either uh, Kalulu or Tamori uh, and was taken out afterwards. Uh, nothing was called for some reason, even though there was like blatant contact in the box, then which... Uh, they were all in agreement, uh, especially uh, in the Italian uh, post-match shows, that that it should have been a penalty. That it was blatant contact, and that was similar mm-hmm. to what was called uh, against Undinese this season. I guess I guess what we can all agree on is that this game was jam-packed full of baloney. Yes. Oh, yeah. Right. <sighs> follow love that one (laughs) oh and also the second goal that was a terrible pass from whoever that defender was that was uh, your boy that's Cambiazzo was it? oh (laughs) Oh, yeah okay but Paulo again just to say that Milan don't deserve to win because I didn't say that the other team deserve to to lose you imply it you imply it. it Yeah. Well, no, but I'm just saying. I want to point out the fact that Bologna had a, should have had a PK. So again, then you have Chris saying, "Oh, well, uh, the Hatibor should have got a red card." Oh. Shut up. Uh, you were the. <laughs> <laughs> I love how loose this episode is. Uh, it's it's good. You're the one who said it all evens out at the end. Yeah, well, again, I, I just wanted to not yeah, for Milan. Say that. Not for, but exactly, not for Milan though. It's all net positive for Milan. <laughs> okay, let's move on. <laughs> yeah, do this all night. Um, we'll move on to Spezia hosts Sassuolo. Spezia, who just announced a uh, Cinque Terre themed jersey that we all like, right? I'm. Yeah. I was disappointed with it. I was. I, I, don't know, I, had, I think a lot of you are disappointed with it. I. I had. Yeah. 
Venezia jersey expectations. That's my standard now. Okay. Oh, fair, fair. Which yeah. means every jersey is going to be ugly if you're comparing it to Venezia's kids because theirs are <laughs> spectacular. But yeah, it, it was disappointing. I like it. I, I find it uh, different, and it's it really. I think it captures the Cinque Terre spirit. Julian. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I'd go that. <laughs> it's. I don't know. It was okay. It was a little too bright for my, in my opinion. Okay. Okay. Well. Uh, it, honestly, the first like the first thing I thought of as after I saw it was it reminds me of those like '90s goalkeeper jerseys. Yes, that's little. That was the first thought I had. And how ni- how fun were the '90s? They were pretty fun. From what uh, I that's remember. what I'm saying. So it ain't it ain't half bad. Anyway, Spezia <laughs> drew Sassuolo two two. Um, Fortesi scored in the 27th. Bastoni in the 30th tied it. Uh, a PK from Zola in the 45th. Uh, before Pinamonti ties in this in the 50th minute. Um, Ekdal also got a second yellow card for a red card in this game, so he will be suspended for the next game. But uh, again, that game ends 2-2. Uh, but Spetsia get new third jerseys out of it. I just want to say, they're going to feel hard done by that. Pinamonti's yeah. goal, it was yeah. literally a long ball that was rolling back to Drogovsky and him and Caldara both kind of pump faked and didn't actually go for the ball and it rolled between them and Pinamonti was in with an empty net. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. And so. uh, that saves a little bit of uh, uh, reckless football for Sassuolo, it seems like, uh, to start the season. They, they do have a win against Lecce, but uh, it's been a little bit of a poor showing from them just to just to kick off here. Well, uh, I mean, it makes sense. They lost their two given, strikers. Yeah, yeah, given they don't. So. That's true. Fair enough. Okay, moving on to Sunday's matchups. We had Verona host to Atlanta, and uh, Atlanta come out 1-0 victors here. Uh, Coop Miners in the 50th is all it took for uh, Atlanta. Follow quickly, nothing? Yeah, uh, so it was a nice goal. Uh, long shot from outside the box. Uh, and definitely responded with a good like with the goal in, in this game and a good, good performance uh, because he was uh, not good against Milan. Um cool. And then after the game... Who didn't deserve their result last game, is what you're saying? Or the game before. (laughs) (laughs) I'm looking at... I'm like, okay, moving on. Um, uh, We broke him, Mike. Yeah, I know. You don't break anything. Again, (laughs) shut up. Shut up. (laughs) Because you guys complain, all you, they just like all you guys, like Milan fans, are like, legit the hey, worst. Hey, I'm not like, a Milan fan. I know, but I'm just saying, like they, all they do is complain about whether they win or they lose. They still complain it's about all something. Complain. I love it. <laughs> anyway, so going back to the actual game, so Coop Miners uh, was asked by a Dazen reporter uh, in the post-match interviews whether he's whether he considers himself a top player. <laughs> he was, I like on it, so you know how we we joke about what how the Italians use top player and how to us right. in English Dang, that top means dangerousity and yeah that means absolutely nothing in English. So the he was actually left confused by the question, like he was visibly confused. <laughs> I'm by the sorry, question. what? Yeah, like literally, that's that's exactly what it was. Like uh, so, I was actually dying laughing. I love I saw, it. And someone like someone had to explain the question like, over again in a different way. And, and and then he eventually answers saying that it's not up to me to decide. That's up to you guys to decide. So, again, uh, I thought that was hilarious that I had to share. I 
can't wait until next week when they go to uh, Lukaku and they ask, hey, do you think you are uh, top in the league in terms of dangerousity? <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move on here. Um, we'll God. go to uh, Salernitana host to Sampdoria. Paula, did you watch this game? Uh, I Again, uh, I've been watching uh, on, on Dazzin. And they have uh, they call it Zona Serie A where you can they flip back and forth between yes, the games. Yes, yes, yeah. And uh, I did watch it though. Uh, Sam Thurr were non-existent at all; like they're awful. And uh, there was a player that made his debut. I think his name is Dia. He got one goal and two assists. Yes, I think it was like one of the three players to score in the last like ten years to score uh, on his debut. I think the other one was like uh, Hakimi, and then I can't remember the other one. Nice. Brav. Brav. Yes, they won 4 nothing. Yeah. Yeah, so Dia, seven minutes in. Bonazzoli, 16. Uh, Valena in the 50th. And then Botham in the 76th for so, Salernitana. So, supposedly, Botham is friends with Haaland. Ah. So, Haaland to Salernitana? Uh, eventually. Perhaps. <laughs> or uh, Botham was, to City. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> he was linked with uh, Lazio last year, I think. Last year, time? yeah, hmm. he was. I think, but they couldn't get rid of Marishi. Something along those lines. Yeah, that sounds about right. Sounds about right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. The next game we have Fiorentina hosts to Napoli, and this one ends in a stalemate, which uh, does neither of them favors. Uh, but uh, at least it's not a loss, perhaps. I guess for for both of them. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I was about to say. I mean. Napoli created the better chances uh, throughout the game. Uh, Lozano missed like a, missed a sitter. Like it was it was a bad miss. Uh, he was set up by Cabastella, I think that's how you pronounce it, um, and placed his header completely wide. And again, I thought it was a questionable. I was I, remember I was talking to Julian about this. I thought it was a questionable decision to replace him, the uh, Cavara, at the 60th minute mark. Again, he was the only one that was actually like creating plays for Napoli. After that. Until they put on more subs, I think until they put on Politano, I think he came on for Lozano. Correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong, Michael, um, with the subs. But was, like it should have been Raspadori for Lozano instead of Raspadori for Cavara. Uh, again, that's just my personal opinion of how the subs should have been made. Uh, uh, Fiorentina, their best player was Sotil. He had uh, four shots towards net. Uh, and then the game was marred uh, at the end. So what happened was uh, in Florence, they have this, I guess, these groups of fans that just uh, are, are there to bother the opponent's bench. And after the game, Spalletti went to go confront one of them. And uh, there is a there's footage of, the, of him, well, water bottle being thrown at him. It was empty. But then one of the fans actually tried to slap him. <laughs> so I guarantee you we're not, it's not the last that we're going to hear of that. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if the guy's going to get a DASPA, which is a DASPA, which is essentially uh, the mechanism that bans fans from uh, going to the stadium. Yeah, perhaps. Perhaps. And I can't, there was a video of what he was, what the fans were saying. Spalletti uh, said it and 
and because Twitter does the automatic loop, so it's it's constantly him saying it. So it's um, it's a good video. <laughs> well, good video for its entertainment value. Yeah. Uh, only thing I want to note for I guess going in, at least they're both uh, still undefeated, but uh, Napoli obviously top of the table with seven points, but uh, so are six other teams, or five other teams rather. <laughs> Um, but uh, Fiorentina, this is their second nil-nil draw in a row. Uh, I think they tied nil-nil against um, Empoli. Was yeah, uh, yeah. So it's you know they're they started off strong. They had what a three-two win, I think, to open up uh, the season. I wouldn't call it strong, but well, in, in a against Cremonese, in a uh, being able to score since they got three, right. yeah. um, but. Yeah, maybe a little bit of uh, struggles from Fiorentina. We'll see how they do midweek, and then uh, they they yeah, well they've got a big game on the weekend, so we'll get to that eventually too. Yeah, I mean, and also they play uh, they played two midweek games already. Yes. So because they played uh, against Twente twice. Right. And oh, by the way, they qualified. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's move on to the last game uh, of the third match day, and that was Lecce host to Empoli. Uh, Empoli score first, uh, Parisi in the 22nd uh, makes it one nothing. but uh, Strafezza in the 40th ties it for Lecce, and uh, that's how it ends, 1-1. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, Lecce aren't, uh, aren't, I guess, their first point. Uh, in the season, so they're not last because they have at least a point, but there's a couple that are also tied up with one point. Um, but uh, Empoli, again, on the other hand, uh, have two points. It's still too early to do this, <laughs> is what I'm trying to get yeah. at. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> like I said, you have to wait the 10 games, right? Like, we can right. reevaluate this at the 10 game mark. Yeah, we shall, uh, we shall see where we're at at that point because uh, when's the 10 game mark? Let's let's see. Where okay, while you look that 10? up. Yeah. Um, I, I thought Vicari had a good good performance this game. Made a couple of good saves to keep it one uh, one. Yeah. Uh, so middle of October fifteenth is when we will have more clarification on the state of the table. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, any points to add, guys, to any of those before we take a break? Nay. No, I'm good. No, Paulo. No, in terms of review, no. Okay, perfect. Then uh, what we'll do is we will take a quick break. Uh, and when we come back, we'll get into what uh, we've heard on the transfer side. Uh, and again, we'll, we'll preview what's to come uh, this week with City because there is midweek games and uh, there are midweek games, I should say. And there are obviously games on the weekend as well. So we'll, again, we'll preview those and, uh, and we'll round up the show with some City B chatter. So uh, we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. back to the podcast uh now before we get to paul's and america's favorite segment rumore transfer rumors 
Uh, we're going to obviously uh, chat through what uh, what happened this past week in terms of the European draws. So we had Champions League and Europa League and Conference League uh, really settle what uh, what groups and et cetera look like. So we'll start with the Champions League. So let's start with that, Julian. You have those? Yep. Um, so we had Milan in pot one, uh, Juve in pot two, and both Inter and Napoli in pot three. Um so, do you want all groups or just the? Yeah, let's teams? just do the Serie A teams. Okay. So, Group A, Napoli was drawn in with Ajax, Liverpool, and Rangers. Um, <laughs> group C, Inter unfortunately got drawn into the group of death. I think this is now like the fifth year running. Um, <laughs> they have Bayern, Barca, and Victoria Pilsen. Uh, group E is AC Milan. They have Chelsea, uh, Red Bull, Salzburg. And um, Dinamo, drawing a blank on the Zagreb. Yeah. And then Juve's Group H with PSG, Benfica, and Maccabi Haifa. See. Yeah. <laughs> so, what do we think chances are in all the groups? So, we'll start with Napoli uh, in a group with who? who is it again? Uh, Ajax, Liverpool, and Rangers. Right. So, are, you think so? I think Ajax. Yeah, yeah Ajax, Ajax. But keep in mind, they just sold a lot of Zandro Martinez. Yeah. They're yeah. in the midst of selling Anthony and who's. Isn't there one more player? There was Maybe one I'm more, but, but again, supposed to he, bring in Ziyech back. He, that's what I was going to say. Exactly. So I mean, we'll see what happens with them if they can maintain some some form there. But uh, I think you're right. I think Napoli can probably at least make it competitive. Yeah, I, I think that's the most balanced group out of all of them. Yeah, because uh, uh, I mean Rangers have been playing. I think, didn't Rangers beat PSV to get yeah. into? Yeah, they beat PSV to get into the group stage. Right. Uh, Ajax is always a difficult team to play, and uh, actually, uh, Napoli is going to go back to the to Naples uh, to Napoli uh, three years on from the last time I was there. Uh, so that that's going to be something. Uh, In Liverpool, you mean are going to go? You said Napoli are going to go back to Napoli. Yeah, sorry, I mean Na- Liverpool are going to go back to Napoli uh, from the from, from three years past. Right. And uh, Napoli famously beat Liverpool at the at what was then called the Stadio San Paolo. Right. Named after you. <laughs> well, now named after Maradona. So. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I guess should we touch on again? We'll we'll get the injured group last because it's the most hilarious. But. Um, <laughs> I, again, Juventus, Juventus should come out. I don't know that though. I, I feel like this has such a trap group. It is a trap group because you can lose to Benfica. Yeah, I feel like Juventus are going to finish third in this group. That's, that's just my my feelings. I hope not, obviously, but the only way that they can that they can get out of this group is if they take six points from uh, from the two from from Benfica and well, at least six points from. Benfica, exactly, and and Maccabi Haifa. Yeah, and maybe should that, draw. should that not be the expectation? Yes, it is. But I mean, again, you know what team we're dealing with here, so it's yeah. Like yeah. I said, I think I said in our group chat. I don't remember exactly uh, what though or who we were talking about at the time, but in Europe, 
this is not good for Inter, but Inter play like Juve, and Juve play like Udinese. That's what we can ex- <laughs> that's what we can expect in the European stage from these teams. Uh, okay, what about Milan? Uh, I mean, Chelsea will obviously be a difficult match. There's no two ways, uh, no, no other way around it. Um, do I think they can get points in them? Yes. Will that be easy? No. Uh, I think those will be entertaining matches. Uh, you have Tomori playing his uh, his parent club. Mm-hmm. You have Leal playing the club that Paulo wants him to go Leal to. to go to. <laughs> um, so a lot, lots of dramatics there. But I, I Milan should be going through. Uh, you know, I think I'd like to hope anyways that they got the return to Champions League jitters out last year. They also didn't have an easy group last year. But uh, I think this year they're they're obviously that experience helps. But I think the squad is also deeper, so uh, the expectation should be that they go through. I would predict they they go through in second, and if they can somehow take three points from Chelsea in one of the games, then first place is possible. So Chelsea and who else? Sorry, uh, Julie, do you have it up there? Salzburg, uh, yeah. Zagreb, Remember, yeah, Zagreb and Salzburg. Right. right. Yeah, and I, th- I think you're right, Chris. I think this is probably the easier for the Italian sides. And I, I, yeah, I would even say that, like you said, I think there is a chance that Milan can push for first in that group. So I think that that really should be their their goal because, again, um, I think they have that quality in that group to to push for that. I know, but don't underestimate Redberg Salzburg, though. Hey, sure. They're, yeah. Don't they're, don't they're, and underestimate any team in the Champions League. But, yeah, uh, Sal- Salzburg does have a lot of young, talented players, so it, it's possible. Like like Guy X did uh, whatever it was three, four years right. ago, where you just right. have a who's a their coach of, again? Is it Tedesco? Uh, I I won't even try to guess. I, I don't remember the name. Yeah, because no that no or did Tedesco go to um, Leipzig? I don't know. I get confused between the two Red Bull teams. Uh... I don't know. Look that up, Julian. Let's let's talk about the Inter one while these guys look it up. Uh, so this one, I told you guys before they started drawing pod three, I said Inter's going to end up in the Bayern Barca group. And sure <laughs> enough, Inter ended up in the Bayern Barca group. Um, <laughs> me being the ever optimist, like the only good news is that there's literally no pressure. Like if they finish third, like nobody's going to say like, oh, they should have done better. Right. So that's, they don't have that much pressure. Like they're expected to finish third. Um, also to note is that Barcelona are bankrupt. So, I mean, <laughs> they might have to fold but, before you play them. Maybe. Um, but, I but mean, if hope. it's current interform, how, they, how they've started the season, they don't really stand a chance. Um, however, I don't know. I think, although I shouldn't say this, I don't really watch uh, La Liga. I think they can get points off of this Barca team. It's not the Barca team from... Four or five years ago, even Bayern. Bayern has a fantastic attack, um, but I was just looking at their team on paper. Their midfield and defense doesn't seem as dominant as it once was. They have a fantastic. But again, this def- also means Inter is going to need to play like a near perfect game. Right. They have a fantastic attack, including Matthias Delict. <laughs> I did see that. Actually, that was one thing. I think the most interesting thing about this group will actually be Lewandowski's return to Bayern. Yeah, true. Yeah, fair point. 
okay, let's move on quickly to uh, Europa League. So there are two Italians, Italian teams in the Europa League, Roma and Lazio. So Roma's group has, who are the Conference League champions, by the way. Uh, so Roma has Ludo Goretz, Real Betis, and HJK, which I want to say is a Finnish team or a Swedish team. So I'm going to look that up. Um, I'm pretty sure they're Finnish. The Finnish? I think so. I remember looking it up when it was drawn. Yeah. And then Lazio are in a group with Feyenoord, Mijitalian, and SK Stumgras. So uh, Feyenoord, so a lot of, well, both fans of the Roman clubs weren't happy that Feyenoord were drawn in a group with, with, with Lazio because years ago, I can't remember exactly what year, but uh, I think we Feyenoord were, I think, fans. I feel yeah. like we were on this pod, so probably two years ago. Was it? I think so. Are you talking about the Gervinho incident? No. No, no. We're talking about okay. the fountain Cause, incident. Yeah. Oh, okay, because there was a Gervinho racial, racial incident, which would have been obviously even further back. Yeah. Uh, so, Vayner fans were in Rome, and, like, they trashed the Trevi fountain. So, like, lots of, uh, that's why there was a lot of talk on Twitter about, uh, about Feyenoord and how uh, there was one comment that made me laugh that they should... Uh, create a Laziale uh, and Romanista task force to deal with them. <laughs> That'll end well. Yeah, yeah I know. You're gonna end up just fighting each other the whole time. <laughs> no, not even that. I think they'll, I think they'll, they'll get rid of the the Feyenoord fans, but then they'll eventually end up fighting each other. But yeah, but uh, but but that's how much both clubs hate Feyenoord. So that's gonna be and, and Lazio play Feyenoord the first game as well. Uh, and and Lazio are away to Ludogorets. So, so right off the bat, September eighth, Lazio Feyenoord. So that's gonna be a game to watch. There you go. Uh, okay, let's move into um, the the European league where there is an Italian champion who doesn't won't won't have that team playing in that league unless some things happen in Europa. Right? Is that how that works? Yes. Anyways. Greatest competition, that's right. Yeah. Yes, greatest competition on earth. Uh, just to circle back, so the RB uh, Salzburg manager is, I'm, I'm going to butcher his name here, but Matthias? it's Matthias or Matthias Jaisel. I'm pretty sure it's a uh, Jaisel. German. But he's uh, German. yes, so uh, he's actually so, he's 34. Uh, and before he took on this post, he was managing. It looks like a second tier at FC Liefering. So interesting that, you know, a, I don't want to call Salzburg a big club, but, you know, they are a stronger Bundesliga club. Uh, you know, they found their Nagelsmann replacement in, you know, the second tier of Austria. But uh, from what I've been reading, he's been getting a lot of craze around uh, Europe just for his tactical approach to the game. So obviously it's been a good pickup. Um but back to Conference League. So uh, Fiorentina, of course, are the only Italian uh, representative in the event. Uh, they had to beat FC Twente to officially qualify. It was an interesting second leg. Uh, Paulo, I think you saw a bit of it. But yep. uh, Fiorentina went down a man. I think it was Igor who got the red. Mm-hmm. And Fiorentina, and at this point, it's like you know 94th minute. It's still 2-1 Fiorentina on aggregate. And um, down 
down to 10 men. They had a chance to score in the 94th minute. It was a two-on-one. It should have been put away, which would have sealed the the, the victory for them. Uh, and then right after that, Twente go down, and Terraciano had to make um, a pretty a heads-up play to, to keep the score at nil-nil and 2-1 overall in aggregate. And that saw Fiorentina through. So nail-biting, I'm sure, for uh, La Viola, but uh, they did enough to get through. So... Uh, they are in Group A with Hearts, who are a Scottish club. Uh, Istanbul, Basashkahir. Again, I, I'm sure I've butchered that, but uh, Turkish club, of course. And then uh, Latvian powerhouse, FK Rigas Futbola Skola. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think we would all agree that Fiorentina should be getting out of a group, out of the group, excuse me. And the priority, as we know from last year, is is to win the group because if you come in second, I believe you play a fallout from the Europa League, so your chances yep. of of progressing are obviously better if you win your uh, Conference League group. Which is how Roma won, because they finished first. Yes, they didn't make it yeah. easy on themselves, but they did win. Yeah, it did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's interesting... Wait, uh, also, that's not the club that is coached by Pirlo or Montella, right? Uh, good question. I'll take a look here. I don't, I don't think so. I remember the name being more uh, extravagant and harder to pronounce, but I'll take a look. <laughs> no, because no, I think Ballo's on the team coached by Montella. It's not him. Yeah, yeah it's, it's not, not him. him. Yeah. yeah. But, uh... Yes. Uh, okay, so... Uh, anyway, I'm looking forward to that competition, because like I said, it's the greatest competition on Earth. Uh, but uh, for me, I'm looking. I, I, I'll, I'll be lucky to go see uh, Napoli Rangers because in Napoli in Napoli, yeah. Or you're going to, or you're going to Scotland? No, 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 no God no. <laughs> uh, in in Naples because I think I think the the Rangers because like honestly, <laughs> Na- like Napoli fans despise British travel like british fans when they come to naples and uh so i, I think that's gonna be like a hostile atmosphere for rangers fans so it's that's i kind of want to go go You're excited it. for the hostility uh, yes <laughs> <laughs> interesting <laughs> i i think i touched on this maybe two episodes ago when we were just talking about how uh italian clubs in europe will fare obviously fiorentina you know haven't been in europe in a while so what I'll be looking for, you know, on top of, you know, how do Fiorentina play is who does Italiano play in these games? Because, again, you know, he has to stay competitive in Serie A, but he also needs to do everything he can to win the group. So we'll see how he goes about rotating a squad. He hasn't really had to do that. You know, he didn't do it. He didn't have to do it last year. And he, of course, didn't have to do it when he was with uh, Spezia. So that's something that will be new to him, you know, as, as a manager anyways. Okay, let's uh Paulo, anything else you want to say? Uh no, I was gonna say what what are your thoughts on these three groups that we mentioned? On the three tournaments? Well no, I mean on uh, the Roma, Lazio and Fiorentina. Um yeah, I mean it's it's just uh I think what Chris mentioned about you know, you still have to have your sights, I think, on league play, even though these games you know, they, if you do not pay attention to them, maybe may get away from you. 
Um, I think these teams might fall into a trap of not giving enough attention. Uh, but the reality is they probably, you know, even though Roma won last year, it's still a trophy, I guess. But I think they are better suited to make sure that they have the performances they need in the league. But again, I, I think it'll be it'll be interesting to see how they approach it and if, if these teams can go far again. Because, you know, Roma really are the only successful Italian team in Europe in the last X amount of years, right? So 10 years, it, yeah. 12. At least, it's right, 12, right? So it's, uh, I'm not sure if winning these trophies will bring any sort of prestige necessarily, but it might bring, um, I don't know. It, 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 confidence? It bring, yeah, confidence perhaps in just what the these teams are, or the, the league is able to um, produce. I just think, again, the site should be a little higher for those teams that are a little larger, in size, but that's that that doesn't seem like it's anywhere close to coming to fruition just based on moves and the economics of what goes into building a team that could compete at that level, but that's another conversation for another day. Yeah. Uh let's move on to the rumors. Uh Paul, why don't we let's try and get through these as quick as possible because I, I feel like I fear that we're getting very long here. Uh, okay, but let's start just, with the smaller clubs then. Well, and, and we're not going to have open discussion, just we'll go through them. Okay, Okay, uh, that, that's a damn shame. Um, so again, uh, so Torino reading for response from Leicester City for Dennis Pratt. Uh, Bologna, so for Bologna, uh, Joshua Xerxes was at the, uh, was at the game uh, at the San Siro. Uh, he was watching Bologna, so he'll be joining him. I believe it's on loan. Uh Winks from Tottenham uh, will be joining Sampdoria on loan. Uh, Kwame could go to Empley or Brighton. Uh, so this is why he could go to Empley because he was included in negotiations uh, with Empley that included Zerkowski and Bayrami. So Bayrami uh, will probably go to could go to Fiorentina. Uh, for Roma uh, they will bring in Mari Kamara from Olympiacos, uh, 1.5 million euro loan deal plus a buy option for uh, 11 and a half million. Option Felix or went... obligation? Probably option. I think it's option. Um, Felix went to Cremonese, and Bellotti joined on loan from. Excuse me, joined on a free transfer. Uh, I'll let Julian and Chris do their clubs. Uh, I'll do <laughs> Juventus. Uh, so Paredes, uh, so PSG only wants a loan with an obligation to buy. Uh, with, that's easily reached or easily triggered. Juventus may decide to do, may decide to agree to uh, a loan with obligation to buy that is, you know, uh, very difficult to trigger. Uh, so we'll see. Again, I again, I don't think it's worth doing it, Michael. Uh, yeah. I'd rather just keep Fajoli and have that midfield and just wait until Pogba comes back. So that's my open discussion, uh, Michael. Uh, <laughs> I think we got to have an open discussion on what Napoli might do. So I'll get through the other yeah, ones. But, uh, so Fabio and Ruiz will move to PSG for 23 million euros. No bonus, no nothing. Uh, just 23 million euros flat. 
so he only actually had one year left on his contract. So another good move from uh, ADL. He got what's it? So it's gonna be sixty-three million euros on players that had one year left on their contract. Yeah, impressive. Yeah. So for Navas, uh, PSG don't want to pay him a severance package, so they don't want to terminate his contract. So the deal is getting harder to close. So maybe, just maybe, uh, the fact that uh, Ruiz got done, uh, PSG might throw Napoli a bone. So here is what I love about the transfer the to- window. The topic of all topics? Yeah. The the rumor <laughs> is, as it, as it were. Uh, so uh, Cristiano Ronaldo has been looking to find a team that has been playing in the Champions League uh, because of his brand, etc. And he wants to add more goals uh, to make sure that Messi doesn't pass him. Um, so the deal could be this. 100 million pounds, so we're talking probably 120 million euros. Uh, and Cristiano Ronaldo for Osimen, okay? And Napoli would pay only 15% of his salary. So the open question here is is it good business or does it lower the quality on the field? Is it, is it fair to say both? Yeah, I guess I guess it is fair. There's a one good tweet saying it's good business, but lowers the uh, uh, the quality on the field. But if you keep OC men, you lose out on 120 million. But is your team better? Maybe. Chris, Chris, I want to know what you think. So I was going to say, financially, it's a good piece of business. You you know make some money. We can say on the Osman transfer because they spent around 70. I think I know. There were Primavera players tossed in there, but you know you make your money back from the Osman transfer and then some. Uh, you also get Ronaldo in, uh, where I'm assuming man, you are paying all or the majority of his salary. Most so, of it. yeah. So again, financially, I think it's a it's a boost to ADL's books. But I do agree that you get weaker, you become a bit more one dimensional. You know that. Ronaldo is not going to press. You know that he's going to throw his arms in the air when the ball doesn't come right to his feet. Yada yada yada. So that's my take on that. Good, good financially, but sporting for sporting purposes, I think it hurts them. What are the chances that the the Napoli fans uh, force him to not be such a prima donna? If that makes sense. <laughs> I would say you can't teach an old dog new tricks. <laughs> <laughs> but you can threaten a dog. <laughs> <laughs> Julian, what do you think? I think it's a terrible move, in my opinion. Um, I think Napoli, I have them currently as a fringe CL team. I think if they sell a seaman to bring in Ronaldo, I think that desperately weakens their push for fourth place overall. Okay, my question... Yeah. Yeah. No, no, my question is, let's say um, you're going to lose Osman in the next couple of years, in some capacity. Do you make this deal now, or do you try and sell him a year from now, or whatever? Or do you try to just keep him, I guess? Um, I think you're probably going to lose him, though, in the next three years. 
do you sure. take so do you take this deal and a boon to your business on the Ronaldo side of of operations? You don't have the same hole that Juventus had in having to pay him sixty million euros a year. Uh, you actually only pay what was Apollo like fifteen percent of what a salary is, or even there's also reports that United may pay his entire salary, right? Which was already lower than what it was when he was at Juventus. Yeah. So this isn't this isn't the same again um, cost of of business, but the you know it does almost slap the face of competitiveness, right? Because you're you're weakening the side for money at this point. So my own, my only thing, like personally, again, this is my personal opinion. Ronaldo's a great player, but I don't think he's a good team player. Yes, he's going to come in, he's going to score goals, mm-hmm. but you guys, especially, know firsthand he doesn't fit Napoli's system. He's not going to be the type of striker to press and go and run all game. Yeah, no, he's just going to wait for the ball to come to him, and then he'll score a goal or two for sure. But. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. To me, it's just it's not a good fit. I know they're going to sell the semen eventually, but my biggest concern right now is I don't think Ronaldo is the right replacement, and the transfer window is closing. Yeah. And does it not? Does it not? Uh, I know Paul, you want to jump in. Does it not speak volumes that essentially every other reasonably sized club in Europe has either you know said no to Ronaldo or just hasn't made a pitch to get him. I, I think if you're Napoli, you have to take that into consideration. You know, why are they not going after him? And I know for the majority of clubs, it's they can't afford his salary, but I think there are, you know, those sporting reasons as well, right? As they understand what type of player he is. And like Julian said, is he going to score goals? Absolutely. But uh, you kind of have to change the way you play and you kind of have to become more one dimensional to keep him happy. And then if he's not happy, he does what he's doing at Man United right now, which is F all. So, it's a it's a difficult one, but I I think I would side with Julian if I had to pick, and I would say no to the deal if if you're forced me to go one way or the other. Okay, so I think it's good business. Uh, again, you may we may uh, differ on the sporting aspects, and I understand that. Again, he's a people It is good business. I'm not yeah. going to say that. It's not, it is good business, but. I yeah, because I mean, if you're if you're making money in Osman already, so you're you're adding whatever it was. What was it like? They paid eighty before. Now they're something like that. Yeah, yeah. So they would it, get actually eighty euros, eighty million euros. So this is it was like U squad players plus thirty million euros. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Right. The, the, that <laughs> 80 whole did, 80 that didn't whole come off thing. the books. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. Um. But again, if you're coming, if you're gonna get a boon of one hundred twenty million euros plus Cristiano Ronaldo for free. I mean, that's that really is a very sound business move. Yeah, but yeah, but it's, I'm not arguing. It, that. it comes at a cost, though. It d- definitely, like you said, it definitely comes at a cost. But that cost is temporary. That's I think, I think that's what like what, what you guys were missing is the fact that he's only going to be there for a year, at most. So you only have to put up with this crap for a year, and you get an extra, let's say, forty million just for our, well, you know. Uh, accounting sake here yeah and you can re- yeah and you can reinvest yeah. that money again in either the next transfer window in january or next summer and but you can find a yeah sell Osimhen next summer for the same amount because some team will offer that same amount next summer i honestly united are pretty desperate to get rid of them and that's what I, it is i think the desperation is what is playing into into De Laurentiis' hands right here 
if Osman is healthy this year and plays at the level that we've seen him play at, I can't see if. why there won't be. I, I, I get that. I get that. I mean, but... his only injury last year was because he broke his friggin' face on screening. Right. Head. Yeah, it wasn't a muscular injury. Yeah, exactly. But to, but to Julian's point, they're not things that would make you worried as another club to say, oh, you know, his hamstring is always right. tight or whatever the case is, right? It was a fractured jaw and COVID. So, um, but, but the problem is, is that, again, uh, the, the thing that you talk to Napoli fans is that he's not consistent and that he misses sitters. So the thing yeah, is, that, so is the Tauro. Yeah, I've always well, said with strikers, it's very rare. Like Holland and Mbappe are the two exceptions to the rule where a striker comes in at 18, 19 years old and already has that composure to finish. Mm-hmm. Like most strikers kind of hit their peaks when they're like 25, 26. Yeah. Yeah, look at Lewandowski. Yeah, it's a, yeah, great, he was, it's a great example. Yeah. But even, like, I think Suarez was 27 with Liverpool. Like, I know he did well with Ajax as well, but, like, it's – I feel like most strikers don't really get going till their mid, mid-20s. mid right. I, I don't know. Again, Paulo, do you pull the trigger? Do you pull the trigger pull, as Napoli? I would pull the trigger, yes. I, 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 also, I also do it too, just because, again, I, 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 I like that money. I like that money aspect. I think it's it, – it, I, I love how – it's the guys who are always more interested in, I don't know, <laughs> meritocracy. I don't like Ronaldo. And, yeah, I'm you don't like Ronaldo. Ronaldo. Likewise. I agree with that. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I don't like him either, but like. Yeah. It's just, it's just no, you can't deny that it, it's a, it's it's a, just a neat and tidy. Sure. Yeah, exactly. But I still think you can get 100 million for Osimhen next year. Like, I don't think that value is going anywhere. And plus, the jerseys will pay for the transfer. That's it, baby. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Jerseys may pay for the transfer, then they're going to lose out on Champions League and lose out on all that money. So, I mean, he did score Maybe. like twenty-four goals for for United. Remember, I made a bet. And they with, finished uh, seventh. Yeah, well, I made a bet with someone that he wasn't going to get more than twenty, and I lost that bet. So, <laughs> but to Joy's point, how did the team sure, do? But... Yeah, yeah. I think that's yeah, but, the problem. Okay, is that but, it's about but him right to now. put. Okay, but to put all of that on Cristiano Ronaldo, it's also unfair. To put United's uh, impotence only on Cristiano Ronaldo last year is plus did they have show- the is not the right thing to do. I th- I would say who's who's manager? I don't remember who was manager last season. Oli Gunner for the entire season. Ragnick and then Ragnick. No, oh, yeah, 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 that's right. Third yeah, of the season. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, they're their own problems. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. listen. Paulo, make a poll. Yeah, make a Would poll. You, yeah. uh, do you accept the deal? Yeah. Yeah. Deal or no deal, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. How a Mendel. Yep. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's do uh, Milan. Milan and Inter. Yeah. yeah, and Inter. So let's go Milan first, just because Inter's funny, so we'll go last. Sure. <laughs> so the youth movement continues for uh, Maldini and uh, Masada and, and their team. Um, what nationality is uh, Malik Thia or German. Thiao? German? Uh, is he German? I don't think yeah, he's German. He's, no, he's German. He's German. Uh, German, or is he, I think he's a Finnish German, actually, which is yeah. uh, you don't hear that mix often. But uh, towering center back from Schalke, um, got good pace for him. I, I, I just saw a couple of videos on him. Uh, obviously, you know, being a taller center back, he's as you would expect. He, he's good in the air, wins a lot of those aerial duels. Uh, but the one thing that 
I noticed that I wasn't really expecting from a, a taller, lanky player was he was fairly composed in possession and he was actually able to dribble his way out of pressure. So I, I think Pioli likes the profile because he, he has that um, athleticism to, to deal with fast strikers uh, if needed, but he's also able to to play out from the back. So, so it seems anyways, uh, this is off a very limited uh, research, but uh, on the cheaper end as well, I think it's around 10 million euros. Paul, does that uh, sound familiar? Yeah, that does sound familiar. It was like, yeah. it could have been even cheaper than that. It could have been like five plus two. Yeah, so maybe it was the other deal that was I was confusing it with um, for um, Franks, F-R-A-N-Z-X. Or, I'm probably mispronouncing no, v- that. But... V- V-R. It's v- V-R, yes. V-R, Franks. Um, from Wolfsburg, uh, Belgian midfielder. Uh, if I can summarize it, I would say he's a mix of, of Ben Asser, Tonali, and... And Adley, he kind of seems to be able to do a bit of everything, whether it's tackling, uh, playing uh, long switches across the pitch, uh, dribbling out of pressure. Uh, Didn't see too many goal-scoring opportunities coming from him directly, so probably a bit more of a holding midfielder. But uh, again, on the cheaper end, um, that's not official yet, but it looks like uh, an offer has been submitted. So we'll see if that gets done before the deadline. I was about to say, I also signed my FM save, so. There you go. <laughs> How does he work out? Uh, pretty good, actually. Tears the ACL. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, uh, just uh, to go back to Malik Thiel from Schalke, um, so now with him coming in, uh, we'll see if Matteo Gabia is sent out on loan, because that was always the the report, was that if Milan brought in another centre-back, he would be sent out to get some more playing time. I think it was, was it, isn't it Matteo Gabia? Sorry, what did I say? I think you said Mateo. Oh, yes. Yeah. That's it for Milan. Okay, let's finish off with uh, the other <laughs> side of, uh, of Milan there. So Inter Milan. So Inter still desperately need a center back. They were linked with Akanji. Um, who's the other one? There's another one they're linked with. And then Chalaba? their failsafe was... Sorry? I think it was Chalaba as well. Yeah, sorry, Chalaba. And then their failsafe was Francesco Acerbi, who they had an agreement with Lazio, agreement with the player. Um, so they went to go complete that signing today. And Stephen Jang stepped in and said no because the wages were too high. So, yeah, that's where we're at. Inter still need a center back, um, but Suning don't want to pay for one. Is Acerbi a free agent or is he still with Lazio? No, he's still with Lazio. They were going to okay. take him, I think, on a free loan, but cover. Okay. His wages. His wages, which were about two million, give or take, they're saying reasonable. the operation would have cost Inter total like two point seven million. But yeah, Suning said no because they didn't want to increase the wage budget. Uh, Zoggy's gonna have to suit up. <laughs> yeah, like that's, they have <laughs> like Darmian and D'Ambrosio are their backup defenders, and it's just like okay, this is this is good. Ah. <laughs> uh. There's two days. Two days left. A couple days left. Yeah, and then uh, this this uh, ru- this rumor is all going to come to an end for six That's months. Right. That's it. Actually, well, not even not six less, months. Maybe less. like maybe like three. Yeah, then they'll start up again. They, yeah. You don't have to wait that long, Paul. Yeah, I know. I know. Okay, let's uh, we'll wrap up rumors. Then let's get into quickly follow uh, the city B minutes, and then we'll uh, wrap up with a preview for next uh, this next week. 
Okay, so uh, important results. I think Modena got their first win, if I'm correct. Uh, they beat Tirana uh, 4-1. Uh, Palermo lost uh, 3-2 to Ascoli. Bari beat Perugia 3-1. Parma beat Cosenza 1-0. Um, Cittadella tied Venezia 1-1, so we'll see when those highlights come out for Venezia. Uh, and then Benevento beat Frozenona 2-1. And Como lost one nothing to Brescia, so no team is one hundred percent. So same thing like in Syria, and uh, the top two teams are Ascoli and Genoa. Brav. Again, uh, because the table doesn't uh, matter. Right that's now. that's right. Exactly. At this stage, yeah. mid October, we'll talk about it. Yes. <laughs> uh, okay. So just to preview uh, a quick match day four and five that's upcoming here. Uh, we have three matches on Tuesday. Um, so Milan uh, play Sassuolo, Inter play Cremonese, and Roma play Monza on Tuesday. Uh, on Wednesday, we have one, two, three, four, five games. Um, of note, I would say, yeah, I mean, Juve play Spezia. That, that might be a trap game for them. Uh, Napoli play Lecce, so it should be okay. Uh yeah, and then Thursday, there's two other games. So Atlanta play on Thursday. Uh, and then, really, uh, match day five is where a lot of the fun's going to happen here. So we have on Saturday uh, a cracking day. So we start off at 9 a.m. with Fiorentina hosting Juventus. Then at noon, it's the Milan Derby. And then at 2.45, we have Lazio host to Napoli. So that'll be a really good uh, really good day of matches. Um, I guess those are the the ones. Yeah, like is it, I mean, Sunday, Sunday, and then Monday there are games as well. Uh, but really, this what, what a strong start to that match day. Yeah. So the reason why all those teams play as well is because uh, the week after that, so I think it's the sixth. Uh, those teams have played in Champions League. Yay. You go. Uh, but I do also miss. Uh, I hope they. I hope they do a lot of the uh, play the games at the same time because I. I am enjoying watching the uh, the uh, what I like to call zona mista or zona calcio, where they jump between the games as the action progresses in the game. So, I think midweek it'll be like that because there's uh, if if you have the time to watch because on Wednesday yeah. there's one two three three games. On the twelve thirty time slot, but I, I don't want to promise any uh, broadcasting um, structures that I can't. Oh no! For you guys who watch on Fubo, Fubo TV, it's that's right. That's you right. You guys have to choose and watch a yes. game. Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately for Chris, because I know he would watch uh, all all five games at uh, at once if uh, if he could. If he could, well, he, he yeah. Chris just has five monitors set up on the wall anyway. He just he just darts between all <laughs> all of them with its eyes. Is that true? It might be true. <laughs> Got to stay dialed. See as much that's as it. I can. Dialed in. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, that's it for uh, the preview. Then, so that's it for the show. Uh, guys, do you have anything else to add before we wrap up? Um, I was just going to say Lukaku is injured. Uh, rumors are he's not coming back till early October. Adam. 
So yeah, yeah. he's going to miss the derby and then the first uh, couple Champions, Champions League games. League. Yikes. Uh, Chris? Uh, I'll go CanCon again. So I don't have the dates in front of me, but I know the uh, roster was announced. Uh, the Canadian women's team are going to be playing, I believe it's Australia and New Zealand, um, both away matches. Uh, so the roster was announced for that. It was more or less more of the same in terms of players we've seen recently, but a couple of newer faces uh, brought in as well. So, um, yeah, it'll be good for the, for the squad to get back together and, and get some more games um, with uh, Coach Bev Friesman. Paul? Uh, again, uh, two round of games this week. Uh, again, Tuesday for me and then Saturday. I think those are the two days that I'll be focusing on. Yes. And uh, we'll see if anyone falls in, in the trap games midweek. Yes. Uh, if they, for example, again, uh, you, Michael, you mentioned Spezia. Uh, that's, uh, I think Lazio Sampdoria could be another one as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see if Samp respond after that uh, shellacking on the weekend. Right. And I think uh, the last note we should note is that we, again, we're going to be closing out the transfer window here. So we'll see what happens. Some teams may be desperate to kind of fill some gaps, but uh, it, it looks like in Syria specifically, it'll probably be more of a selling side to... <laughs> to get, get as much money as they can going into maybe January, but we'll see what happens uh, with, with a lot of their businesses. Maybe we'll see Cristiano Ronaldo back and say, yeah, that's what might happen at the end of this week. Ooh. Was it farm, <laughs> Farmer A Tim or what, what's it called? Uh, City A Tim? Farm, farmers. <laughs> Is that what they call it? Let's Farmer A Tim. Who says that? Yeah. Well, I know because there's a logo with like a tractor on it. <laughs> <laughs> Love to see it. Yeah. Uh, okay, Paul, you'll put that post out. Your uh, your poll, Napoli poll. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. Make sure everyone's doing that. Make sure everyone as well is following us on our socials. So at RTW Couch Show on both Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Paul is in charge of both. So any questions uh, I'm in, go no, to I'm not. Any questions <laughs> or concerns uh, should be directed to at Ilcano twenty two. Okay, well, that's it for us, guys. So uh, let's have a great week, and we'll be back after another two match days uh, in, in about a week's time. So until then, ciao. Bye.